Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. How's it going? Thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today is such an exciting episode because we're doing a spotlight on the soundtrack to Persona 5. So popular, so beloved. Can't tell you guys how many emails and comments we've gotten over the years to do this episode, focusing on the score. And so, yeah, we're finally doing it. And we've played a handful of tracks on the podcast, and the stuff that we've played we've really liked a lot. Yeah, absolutely. We so love the um, Shin Megami Tensei series, and uh, we've spotlighted on other soundtracks in the series before, and I know Mm -hmm. there's just so many games and so many titles that are really beloved to people. I actually have not played any games in this series. I'm only familiar with the music. Me neither. But Persona 5 is actually one that I think I've probably heard the most about certain things that happen in the game, and I know a little bit about different characters and voice actors that play different characters and everything, um, and I've always been really intrigued. I imagine the if I ever do play a game in this series, Persona 5 would probably be the first one I'd pick up because it's the one yeah. that I'm the most tangentially familiar with. Well, also, I've heard that, too, um, that people have suggested that if someone who's not familiar with the series, it's, it's kind of a nice entry point, uh, which is what I've heard. And, and the music is so unique in the score, I will say. There's a very specific vibe, and we're going to hear that today on this episode. Um, I was really impressed. Carl, what are we hearing playing in with? This is a track called Wake Up, Get Up, Get Out There, one of the most popular tracks, I believe, from the score. Mm-hmm. Um, so this game was composed by series composer Shoji Meguro. Uh, this particular track was also a collaboration with Lin, who I believe is the vocalist featured on this score. Um, but yeah, I will say, listening to this whole score took me a long time to whittle everything. There is, as you would expect for, for a really big score, there was definitely some tracks that I found kind of boring and that were maybe mediocre, but there were highlights for sure, and I think that's what we're focusing on today is the highlights. Uh, let's see, we have actually a few vocal tracks in addition to this one you're hearing here. We have one, two, three, four other vocal tracks today and so that's something a little bit rare on this podcast something that um i want to mention also as a bit of a disclaimer anytime we focus on a game that we haven't actually played we're not experiencing this music in the context in which it was meant to be experienced so when carl describes something as being you know boring or mediocre that's just in the context of listening to it on its own as a piece of music and you know one of the that's something that we try to do on this podcast is as much as possible just focus on the the musical aspects not any you know i mean it, it's really important to know do. context and extra musical things but you know the point of this podcast is to celebrate musical excellence so we're not saying that this score isn't incredible and if your favorite piece of music from the game doesn't happen to be on here it's not necessarily a slight on your taste it's just I think oftentimes media music is inextricably linked to the media that it's attached to. So this is just kind of a review of the soundtrack. In addition to that, 
you know something else that happens a lot and when you play a game you get to hear sometimes it depends on the context you get to hear a piece of music over and over and over again and there are right. pieces of music that on the fifth sixth time i listened to them i started to really come around to them but i didn't have that luxury when i was listening to the score right. a lot of this stuff i've just heard once some of the things like beneath the mask and stuff like that i've heard multiple times i but, often feel that, that yeah. happens with games that i play like i remember the f- listening to henry jackman's uncharted 4 score mm-hmm. when it came out because i was really excited because i love him and i love the uncharted series but i listened to the music before i played the game and i remember being a little disappointed because i was hoping for i guess more traditional orchestral stuff more kind of classic melodies and everything but it wasn't really until playing the game that i grew to appreciate how many melodies and motifs and ideas there are and how it's utilized in the game and it's really becomes a fundamentally different experience when you're Mm -hmm. you know hearing something in the context of gameplay versus just on its own yeah and that's something i look forward to hearing from my various social media uh outlets you know this coming week when we release this episode i'd love to hear some context from you guys from fans of persona 5 about how this music is used that would be fun but let's just dive in because we got a lot of great music to get to uh what you guys heard playing in was wake up get up get out there really fun piece of music the best way to describe this score and the way that i've heard it described by people is that it's an acid jazz score and it's kind of true there's definitely a handful or more than a handful of tracks that go for that sound but it's a little more than that i think that's a little bit short selling uh this score but yeah that is one sound that maguro goes for Well, for the uninitiated carl how would you describe acid jazz as a subset of jazz i would say it's a blend of funk disco sometimes film music because there's a heavy influence on the strings Uh, this game did actually feature a real string um, ensemble and so i guess yeah i would say pop music disco funk jazz uh sometimes even things like electronic or breakbeat all of that coming together is is maybe how i would describe it would you say also kind of like third stream uh quasi orchestral uh, kind of influence as well mm-hmm. then with the strings and everything. But the interesting thing is a lot of those genres have characteristics that overlap already. Yeah, um, absolutely. So- and also Shoji Meguro, his way of making acid jazz music is so different from some of the music that I've been familiar with. Like one of the most popular artists of this genre would be someone like Jamiroquai, who a lot of us are very familiar with. But if you compare that music to Meguro's music, it's very, very different. Um, and so, yes, let's keep going. Let's dive into the next piece of music. This is Phantom from Persona 5.
really cool. You guys listening to Phantom. Uh, this is from Persona 5. Uh, this is composed by series composer Shoji Miguro. And this game was re- first released in 2016 for the PS4. I think also the PS3 as well. First in Japan and then eventually it found its way um, to other parts of the world. And I think this is actually, even though it's Persona 5, I think it's the sixth Persona entry. So there must have been some other spinoff or something. Don't know a whole lot about that. Um, But yeah, this is cool. This is already giving you guys a taste when you compare that wake up track with this. Uh, What the tone is for this score. It's very vibey, very cool. Kind of a rainy day quality to it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this is definitely a taste of acid jazz. I think there's a lot of different combinations of influences that I think are coming together on this track. I really like it. Yeah. I think in general, it has just sort of like a trendy, hip, neo-70s kind of vibe to the whole thing, Um, which I imagine was a very conscious choice oftentimes uh, when soundtracks have, you know, they really commit aesthetically to a genre or a pastiche in a way like this. Oftentimes it's complemented by similar kind of pastiche styles in the art direction, the writing, other elements of the story and the production of the game overall. So I'd be curious to see how this music kind of fits the culture, so to speak, of Persona 5. Mm -hmm. But I really like the atmosphere that's created by this kind of music. And I think it's so fun because this is a type of score that... Um, actually would exist in lots of films, particularly movies, you know, from decades past that had a more contemporary, at least at the time, approach to film scoring. But it's really cool to get that sort of retro, retro neo, which is a contradiction in terms, but I don't know how else to describe it. Like that retro neo sound in video games is really kind of cool. I mean, it's one of the advantages of games. They have the entire history of film and other mediums to draw influence. I mean, something like Cuphead is an example where it's, you know, evoking memories of the early days of film and the early days of Mm -hmm. animation with the modern tools and really the early days of video games mechanically. And there's so much creative stuff happening that way in, in, the game industry of kind of drawing influence from the lineage of film history and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, we definitely started off the day with an acid jazz vibe, and we will go back to that a lot. However, we're going to move to something very different, uh, showing the diversity in the score. This is a piece of music, very beautiful. It's called The Poem of Everyone's Souls, and it features a really beautiful wordless vocal performance. Um, uh, really the main melody is, is that. So let's take a listen to this piece from Persona 5. Thank you. 
This is a beautiful piece of music. You guys are listening to The Poem of Everyone's Souls. Again, composed by Shoji Meguro from Persona 5. Um, and it's it's tragic and heartbreaking music. There's, there's a heavy emotion to this. A very emotional score overall. Uh, and a lot of the music is a little bit on the somber side. Uh, sometimes fully fully somber uh yeah this is really beautiful it's it was familiar when i listened to the score this past week i had definitely heard this before it's possible it could have been featured on a previous uh podcast episode but this is outstanding well it also has that familiar quality to it being kind of this melody of sequence and having this i guess classical structure and chord progression and a timelessness this sort of wordless classical female vocal it seems like something that you'd hear in a like a church funeral or something it's It's very heartbreaking it's gorgeous and tragic and a little bit ethereal um, this is one um, it's very different fans i'd love to know the context of this uh my imagination is running wild i'm imagining a cutscene. Uh, maybe someone died, or maybe there's some sort of sad start to this game, perhaps. Well, I think with games like this, uh, the main emphasis is on story. So there's plenty of opportunity for emotion and tension and yeah. release. It's one of the strongest elements of these kinds of games, for sure, is the story and characters. Uh, so, okay, let's move on. This is what I'm considering the main theme of the game, and we're actually playing two different versions of it, and I thought that it was worthwhile to do that because it's such an important theme in the game. I think it's my favorite piece of music in the game. Um, I wanted to be able to have time to talk about the different elements of it. So what we're going to do now is we're going to play Beneath the Mask instrumental version, which I love. We're also, later in the episode, we are going to play just the normal vocal version of Beneath the Mask. So maybe we can kind of focus on the different elements of the of the piece. Um, maybe when we play that vocal version, we can focus more on the vocals. We'll plan for that. So let's take a listen to the instrumental version of Beneath the Mask. And there you have it. This is Beneath the Mask 
instrumental version, so vibey and chill. This is composed by Shoji Meguro. Again, this is from Persona 5, and for any of you listeners that haven't heard this score, this is a nice introduction to this theme. And we are going to hear what I would probably say would be the definitive version of that with vocals and lyrics, English lyrics, um, a little bit later on. So let's maybe talk about the groove, the the composition. We can talk about the melody, um, but maybe everything that's happening around it as well. It's yeah. God, this is so atmospheric. So you mentioned several times, and I think it should be pretty self-evident to anybody listening that it seems that this score is largely about vibe and yep. atmosphere. And oftentimes on this podcast, when we're using those words, uh, we tend to think of a very different kind of music. We think of music like atmospheric, quote-unquote, music as a genre, right. which is a lot about long textures, not necessarily m- melody-driven stuff. It's more about the sounds and capturing the, the kind of tonal landscape of an environment. And that yep. music can be really effective in games because oftentimes in games there's large areas or atmospheres that you're meant to explore, and the music just needs to put you there emotionally. Um, This is a score that has a tremendous appeal in terms of its atmosphere, but it's not because it's atmospheric music. It's because it has this stylistic consistency that has a really specific emotion um, and a lot of connotations that we might associate, whether it's acid jazz or even just like a general, you know, retro 70s. I think one thing it. that is so common for a lot of atmospheric music is there's there has to be some sort of sense of calm and serenity there. If you have a really fast rocking piece of music, no one's going to describe that as atmospheric because there's right. so many things distracting you. Where this piece of music, it takes its time, it's very slow, and there is this calming emotion that you get from well, listening to it. There's a lot that I loved about this track. I mean, I think, first of all... a a lot of the origins of like why this kind of music is so relaxing and chill is because I think it's supposed to be really sexy and it's yeah. supposed to be kind of sensual nighttime quiet music background and music it, yeah yeah it has that quality to it it is cool it is sexy it does feel very free and um I don't know. It's just really cool sounding music. The Mm -hmm. thing that I particularly admired about this track, because I guess for the most part, the things happening in the rhythm section harmonically, most of what's happening is not, you know, reinventing the wheel. It's pretty, pretty traditional expected for the style. What I found really charming is that the melody of this piece is something that um, to me has a really universality to it in that. I think it could exist in a variety of different forms and it has a distinct Japanese quality to it. It's it kind of works in in a lot of different ways too. I mean, I think this works so well with this instrumental kind of organ leading the charge and it works yeah. very well as a vocal melody. Right. And it's a great performance, but I think the thing that I was really struck by is this is clearly the a pastiche to an American musical style, mm-hmm. but with a decidedly Japanese melody from yep. you know That's my perspective. Uh the the way that it'll sort of land on the ninth or the kind of mm-hmm. intervals of the melody, the way that just the balletic quality, the the rhythmic quality of that melody, it, it reminds me of a lot of music of other Japanese composers. And I don't know that that's an intentional choice, I think because Meguro um, is from Japan that there there is a little bit of that kind of national quality to 
his music unintentionally or intentionally, but it's something that makes the score to Persona 5, and particularly this piece, I think, really exceptional and unique because you have this blending of, you know, a Western musical style with not necessarily a melody that's overtly Japanese in the sense of evoking, you know, folk Japanese music cliches, but certain characters to the rhythm of it, certain characters to the specific notes that it lands on that just, if I had heard this not knowing the context, I would say, oh, it reminds me of video game music. And it's not because of the genre. It's not because of the groove. It's just the melody itself has that kind of, timeless it's, it's a pretty that special so combination composers are masters at yeah there's elements of this track that feel familiar and traditional but then there's elements that surprise you it's a great piece of music we're gonna go back to it later today so that'll be fun let's now move on to what i would say is a classic persona 5 piece that has that sound it's the sound that if you were going to show someone just one or two pieces uh, from the score, you'd want something that captures this. It's definitely straight up acid jazz. This is a vocal track featuring Lynn. Uh, it's called Last Surprise. And one of the cool things about the score is it does feature real string performance by, it looks like I'm looking on the official soundtrack here, it looks like around 12 total string players. So um, a really nice size string ensemble here that add a lot of legitimacy to the score. Let's take a listen to Last Surprise. You guys are listening to Last Surprise. It's a killer song. I really love when it opens up to that harmonized chorus. A little bit of mystery in it. Uh, We've said this before, and I'm sure we'll say it again, but a lot of sexiness to this piece of music. This is performed by Lin, uh, composed by Shoji Meguro. And luckily, we have real string performance on not just this track, but a lot of the score. One thing I wanted to get out of the way, probably my biggest gripe with the score, is that the bass... And the drums are all virtual instruments. When I think of acid jazz, I mean, not having real bass and drums is pretty unfortunate, to be honest. So I would have wished for that real drum and bass performance. It would have added a lot more to the score. However, Meguro makes it work here. 
One of the reasons I noticed that is because the bass is all using Trillion, which is a virtual instrument that we use a lot. And so when I hear that sound, I can't uh, right. help but be distracted by that. Uh, the drums are a couple of different virtual instruments, some of which sound better than well, others. It's also like the default, it's like the default clean Fender, like, it's yeah. just like the automatic instrument. So, so that load. aside, um, I think he's able to make it work. I think it was an economical choice to yeah. have real drums and bass on the whole score would have been so much more expensive. Um, and he does make it work, but it is something that I wished uh, could have been done differently. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I think when you're looking at what can be represented in a way that's not going to make the average person feel like there's something uncanny or fake about it the Mm -hmm. choice of having real strings versus real bass or drums makes a lot of sense because you're able to create i mean this is a great bass line it's really funky the drums the parts are amazing Mm -hmm. the parts are really cool and they they do the average person is not going to notice and not going to be distracted by it um, if I had the same budget, I may have made the same choices. I think the the interesting thing, though, is when you're looking at it purely as a piece of music, uh, the bass and drums need to be central and core yeah. to this genre that is being evoked. So it's very... I think if you were making an acid jazz album, the drum and bass would be the most essential part. And then maybe you'd have virtual instrument strings in the background because what people are listening for are those core rhythmic elements. So it just shows that this is something that's kind of a relic of the function of video game music here. The other thing, I, I think this is an outstanding song. I just love the genre and style here. I'm not the biggest fan of the way the vocals all come together, both the mix, the balance of everything. It sounds a little bit unpolished uh just in terms of the production on the voice it, it it's kind of like i don't know it, it, there's something that missing about it and also i think just it's an example of a melody that was clearly instrumental in nature and then lyrics were added later possibly in a different language and it so it has that, that way kind to of me noty well. quality that um we often get in you know japanese vocal compositions that are being sung in english where it's like it's a great melody it's a great tune but Mm -hmm. there's way too many words it doesn't feel sort of purposeful and natural in a way that a song melody or something set to lyrics ought to sound right in general i think that the singing is outstanding on this album i think that uh, Lynn has the right vibe and personality and grit mm-hmm. for this yeah. music. The, uh, it's not the singing overall, at all. It's the it's the lyrics and the production to me, um, and just yep. the, to me, I think I would be distracted unless this happens in a point in the game where someone literally on screen is singing. I think having lyrics in background media music is just strange i mean i guess unless it's a montage it's a taste choice it's something that a lot of people that listen to our podcast know how we feel about it it, it is a head scratching thing for both of us um but yeah as a piece of music that one was really solid let's move on to the next one on our playlist i like this one this is tokyo emergency <laughs> Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Tokyo Emergency, and this is a funky emergency happening in Tokyo. Composed by Shoji Meguro, obviously from Persona 5, just like everything today, there are two tracks later on in the playlist. I wanted to mention this. Some of you will be curious, I'm sure, from Persona 5 Royal that came out for the PS4, and there was some new music added to that. And some of it I really thought uh, deserved a place on this episode, and so we're playing two pieces of music from Royal. Uh, today later on but yeah this is this is really cool it has that sense of urgency i know this track is called tokyo emergency i don't know the context but there's a sense of urgency in this a little bit of a sense of mystery um really solid groove yeah definitely um i really like the chord progression of this one it for whatever reason it was making me think of our takenobu mitsuyoshi episode well that's cool Um, just because I feel like this is a style that that could be a racer would do <laughs> a really outstandingly. Yeah, and it reminded me actually of your album Downforce, which I oh, know cool. had a lot of Mitsuyoshi influence. This is a really cool track. All in all, I think it probably reminded me of you a lot. It reminded me of something that Carl B and the Soul Surgeons would do because it's funky, but it's kind of mm-hmm. like high energy. It has like a gritty quasi rock influence to it. The one thing um, I really liked about it is that there is that sense of mystery and forebodingness yeah. that um, is a little bit surprising, but I think it works really well and it fits the score really Carl well. Carl and I were talking about this, and not to nitpick necessarily, but I really do like the <laughs> the drum sound here. I think it's... Well, the the writing is great, the part is cool, and just the sound, the, the sequencing is well done matches what um it needs to i think the bass for me is a little bit more of a misstep not because the part isn't incredible it's really funky and cool but just the overall sound of the bass feels a little thin and lame to me like it's yep. it's robotic it's overly it trebly, um and it doesn't have the kind of grizzle and grit that i feel like well it i was wants. mentioning to will and and again this is we're getting in the weeds here this is kind of more of like a production nerd kind of thing to say but if it was me and i had to use trillion on the score i would have reamped the entire score the entire bass part yeah i would have taken all the bass and i would have fed it through a bass amp so that you can get some of that grit um and then mic'd it so that it sounded a little bit more realistic um that would have been interesting right choice however uh the the song is so 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 cool so we don't want to nitpick it too much that was that was really cool all right let's move on to this next one and after this one we can say a couple of words and then we can do a little catch-up because we definitely need to do that today this is confession slash secret
great piece of music, one of my favorites of the day. So vibey and emotional, and that real guitar goes a long way, adds a lot of expression to this piece of music. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that's Maguro playing guitar on this, but uh, really, really cool piece of music. I think it's a good time to catch up now. Will, this is the first episode that you're recording in your new place in Chicago. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Emma Crazy. and I, my fiance. Um, wait, I don't think we've recorded an episode since I got engaged. Well, I mentioned it on the Mercado Radio last right. week. So but yes, I proposed to Emma, and she said yes, and then two days later, we moved to Chicago. <laughs> this was all, that was planned. It wasn't just like we weren't swept up in the moment. What a whirlwind um, week. It Dude, was crazy. Oh it was so special. Um, and we honestly love it here. I can't wait for you to see our place our apartment is so it's cool. gonna be fun to come and visit we should yeah, do an in-person in, episode when we do that we're in lincoln park which is a mm-hmm. awesome neighborhood and it's just yeah we're loving everything so far so. and then you have what's nice is you have some time you have almost a month until you'll start classes right right yeah so it's I good to get the lay of the September. land yeah so we're just kind of enjoying our time and have had a great time sort of setting up our new place and getting everything ready that's always Uh, so exciting we definitely feel comfortable here it feels Mm -hmm. like home so that's just great and i'm really looking forward to school and um just kind of i don't know being our new adventure and we've just been also kind of basking in the glow of being recently engaged so that's fun that's really cool. We guys, we also have an exciting announcement. We're going to wait a little bit longer. Let's let's talk about a few more pieces of music before but we make an announcement. But stay tuned. But stay tuned for sure. Um, well, that's great to hear. Uh, I, it's it's nice that with this podcast, I would say the majority of episodes have actually been recorded remotely. Uh, mm-hmm. And so for you guys, it might not notice a big difference. Um, but it is it is awesome to hear that this is the first episode recorded in Will's new place. So congrats again, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to come out here. You're going to love it. I can't wait. All right, let's move on to the next piece of music on this score. This is Layer Cake. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Layer Cake. This is from Persona 5. 
composed by Meguro, and I will say Meguro is a bit of a quirky composer. Um, some of the pieces that didn't make this episode, uh, there were some of them that, that straight up just made me laugh, because every once in a while, he's not afraid to get weird uh, and to do some some interesting choices in his music. He has a, a pretty signature style. I mean, when you listen to a Meguro track, there's certain things that he does that not a, not a lot of others would do, especially if you think about, you know, acid jazz music and some other things that I'm sure influenced him. He, he, whether or not it was intentional, he put his own stamp on the series. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I like when someone can kind of have their own style and put their own stamp on it, especially when, you know, the soundtracks of the series are different from one yeah. another. Um, something that maybe makes it feel like a Persona game. Uh, I really love the style of this. Y- you know, it's interesting. I get the sense that this was a um, that this soundtrack was produced for relatively little money, just because of the use of virtual instruments and mm-hmm. uh, the fact that it just seems like so much of this stuff could have been performed by one person. Um, and my one thought is like I do feel like the music is strong enough that I would have loved to hear slightly more fleshed out arrangements with yeah, me saxophones too. and brass and not necessarily a big band but um, just a few more horn parts and something that can kind of I don't know I think it would bring it to life and put it in the 70s in that kind of style genre that it's going for a little more acutely well well, I totally agree with you and in addition to that I just think more specialization because if you bring in a real Hammond player a real bassist a real drummer different people that specialize in those instruments they're going to give you that subtlety and that expression that when you combine an entire track with five or six players that are all specializing in their instrument that's where the magic happens and some right. of that magic is uh, not quite there in the score. Right. Some of that human improvisation, different ideas, because yeah. it's not even about like authenticity. It's just that kind of that palpable. There's an energy thing, a kinetic mm-hmm. energy thing that you feel. It, it's in every aspect of the mood. When Well, and, w- and one reason why together. I think it, it's not a huge problem for Persona 5 is because the energy is is so chilled out on the score that you don't notice it as much. If this, if this was trying to go for a little, even a little bit more energetic, kind of up-tempo funk stuff, I think it would become a huge problem. Sure. But I think because of this chilled out, sometimes even quasi-breakbeat vibe, uh, it actually works quite well. And again, Maguro does a great job. You know what's interesting? I think people are going to be really surprised by our take of Persona 5 because I think if you listen to the things that we really praise and celebrate on this podcast persona 5 has so many of them and Mm -hmm. i mean we really do love this i do think part of it though is that this is a genre that you in particular are very well acquainted with and so Mm -hmm. i do think um it's it's kind of that thing where it's almost like if it's something really close to your heart it's all the more difficult to please you it would be kind of like if we were reviewing an album of you know homages to Koji Kondo. I think I'd probably be much much more critical than something that's completely outside of my wheelhouse. I think you're right about that. I do think that a lot of people would agree that this isn't a perfect score and there's some blemishes. Uh, but I'm excited to talk about the the good parts and maybe some of the weaknesses as well. So hopefully we get to do that today. Let's move on. We have uh, the next piece of music on our playlist is Tokyo Daylight. This is another vocal track. Let's take a listen. (laughs) 
you guys listening to Tokyo Daylight, this is a lot of fun. One of the brighter pieces of music. Not a lot of sadness in this one at all. This one does feature Lin, apparently. It's again, that's that wordless kind of vocal tune. Very fun. Some nice poppy harmonies. I didn't know if that the poem of everyone's souls track if that was also Lynn or if that was someone else, a little bit of a different style of singing. I think it in that was somebody one. else. It was more of a, it sounded like a classical soprano. Yeah. Yeah, but this is this is a fun piece of music. I mean the, the hand really percussion, cool. the congas really go a long way to add a little bit of bounciness and just fun to this. I yeah, I love how funky it is. It seems like something that would be in like a heist movie. Like yeah, exactly. in the montage of a Steven Soderbergh you know, Oceans movie or something. Yeah, this is the scene when they're all preparing for the heist, and so they're kind of getting all their materials and shopping for a suit, and, you know, (laughs) everyone just got into Las Vegas, and they're preparing for the (laughs) heist the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you ever, this is totally off topic, but did you ever see Mm -hmm. the movie Oceans 8? I really liked it, actually. I I was pleasantly surprised. It was great. I don't know why I was expecting it to be a little bit kind of cheesy and just... Not that well, great. It got it got poor reviews for whatever reason, but I, I thought it was. Fun. I love it. It's really fun, and it's I like it if solid. you like those heist oceans movies, it gives you everything you'd want. Which I do love those movies. Well, I guess the first one. I <laughs> I love Ocean's Eleven a lot. Uh, I don't even remember the others. I think I did see the second one, but I couldn't tell you anything about it, dude. The second one is insane uh, in terms of like what happens. One of the actresses dresses up. So Julia Roberts plays mm-hmm. a character in the movie, but at one point they dress her up as Julia Roberts, the actress. So That's the actress weird. playing the character is dressing up as herself in the movie, but it acknowledges. So it would be like if George <laughs> Clooney's character is like, I'm going to dress up as George Clooney. It's like the most yeah. insane thing I've ever seen. It I don't remember blowing that. my brain. <laughs> Okay, guys, let's go back to Beneath the Mask. And now we're going to play the definitive version with vocals by Lynn. And maybe we can uh, focus more on that vocal element of this outstanding, I guess, main theme of Persona 5, Beneath the Mask.
You guys are listening to Beneath the Mask, um, composed by Shoji Meguro. We have vocal performance here um, from Lynn, wonderful singer with a great personality uh, and some soul to her singing. I would be curious to know what her story is. It doesn't sound like English is her first language. I mean, some some interesting pronunciation. One thing I always got a kick out of with this, we've talked about it before, uh, I'm a shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah. Always. I get a kick out of that. But it, it works. I mean, I think it actually, for me, I would say the vocals are the most natural in this track uh, than anything else in the score. I, I really love this piece of music a lot. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, I do prefer the instrumental. If Gun to My Head, I prefer that. But I really think there's a lot of vibe and, and personality that's, totally. that's given in this. This is great. Well, also, I think when it comes to interesting pronunciations... As English speakers, we're so trained to hear music sung with different accents um, that right? I don't necessarily know that other that people that speak other languages have that same privilege because there's just so much music recorded in English by people from all over the world. So, so overall, I think, I think from that this a young works age, really well. it's kind of like it just sounds normal because you hear people from you know Sweden and New Zealand and Britain and Brazil and just everywhere singing in English. It just kind of doesn't sound that strange to. It's harder to detect for i think for most english speakers it's harder to detect an accent when you're listening to a song than it is yeah that's definitely when you're listening true. to someone speak maybe that's the case with every language but i feel like particularly with well i english, remember growing up that was the case any british band i would be like shocked that they were british like what like bush is, right he's british like i would hear him talk and it was right. like whoa that's weird but, right but, well because like you also um so many american singers started to emulate british singers Right, exactly. Yeah, maybe I'm just being closed-minded. Maybe she's saying shapeshifter. Maybe that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> she lost her chapstick, chapstick. I'm a chapsticker. I don't know. <laughs> With that, I think we've touched enough on Beneath the Mask, a really solid main theme from Persona 5. Let's move on to Butterfly Kiss. Here we go. track there you guys listening to butterfly kiss a lot of personality again this is a very sexy piece of music from shoji meguro and he's doing a great job 
uh, wearing so many different hats. I mean, I have a feeling he's doing everything on this track, performing all the parts, a lot of virtual instruments. Um, it, it is impressive, you know, it's kind of this one-man show on tracks like this. Will, before we have a very special announcement, uh, I'd just like to get your thoughts on this track. Yeah, I I think there's an unfortunate thing when listening to all this music back to back to back is that there's so much to appreciate that's the same or very similar in it can be tracks. samey so know. it's um it's not necessarily a criticism of it because it's intentionally within a style but i think if i were listening to this track on its own i would be really dazzled by some of the rhythms some of the harmonies how authentically it's kind of nailing the style the groove the just the kind of zestiness of it all yet it's like i i just feel like i've been in this world for so long that it's all all starting to run together. Well, I do a think that bit. one thing that that happens, and one of the reasons why you go for a, a fleshed-out production with all real players, is that sameness is stretched out. You get a lot more mileage. Like you wouldn't have that same reaction if every single track had all real players and some nice improvisation and well, if we flourishes. could get into a great tenor sax solo right now, exactly, um, I would be we really, I would be really delighted. But I'm just like a little tired of trillion bass and you know electric piano and. Fake drums well instead of a tenor sax solo let's do a really fun announcement how about that guys we're really excited to announce uh the launch of a new website first of all something that has been unofficially happening for a number of years the mercado network it's now something official so you guys can head over to mercadonet.com is the homepage of the Mercado Network. It's a network of podcasts that has our podcast, the Super Mercado Brothers. It has Heroes 3, the podcast about Asian cinema. It has Underscore, the podcast about film music. And now we are very excited to announce a new podcast by, who is it, Will? Our good friends, Stephen and Brian Kelly. Uh, They're returning to video game music podcasting you guys are probably familiar with their work a train station at eight and mm-hmm. the overclocked podcast both were tremendous successes they stepped away from the overclocked podcast to work on threescapes which is mm-hmm. the kind of fantasy world that they've created a lot of these stories and audio dramas in and now they're ready to return to the world of podcasting and we're so honored that they wanted to be a part of our podcast network yes in their podcast is called An Evening at the Roost, and it features the exact atmosphere and energy that you want from the Kelly Brothers. It's a podcast that's going to focus on different people in the video game music community through conversation. Uh, That's exactly what they're so good at. Their first episode is available now. It's up now. It's with the wonderful Grant Kirkhope. Uh, a really great uh, new interview with that man who we all love. So you can head on over to MarcadoNet.com and you'll see all four of the podcasts that we currently have on our network. And The Evening at the Roost, uh, if you want to check them out, you can get to it from that site or you can check out eveningattheroost.blogspot.com. Awesome. We can't wait for you guys to check out the Kelly's new podcast, and we're so happy to have them officially as part of the Marcado Brothers Network. So I think we just gained two more additional brothers, Carl. How do you feel about that? Yes, I love it. The more, the merrier. You can never have too many bros. But maybe that's, I don't know, maybe we're 
going to eventually regret that as the bros keep piling on. Okay, guys, let's get back into the Persona 5 music. Let's now play a track called Life Goes On. Super funky. You guys are listening to Life Goes On, again composed by Shoji Meguro from Persona 5. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that such a popular RPG that, you know, a lot of people really love has such a strong kind of funk and jazz element to it. I would like to hear more of this stuff. I would like to hear Meguro with maybe a bigger budget and uh, a larger group of musicians, but... Um, Yeah, I'm really digging the vibes and the grooves on this episode. Yeah, definitely. And it's cool to get, I mean, in terms of um, a Japanese composer really nailing an American musical style, um, I I think this is a great example of that. Uh, I I really do think that uh, Meguro, I mean, all this music definitely sounds very authentic. It's really groovy. It's very much in the pocket. I think it's just tough that it's all kind of the same instrumentation. I mean, I think the biggest variety is all the effects that are on the different electric pianos. Right. um, Which gives it some variety. But for the most part, it's like the same bass, same drums. Yeah, there's a couple of tracks. all in minor or Dorian. Well, there's a couple of tracks where you have a little bit more variety where you might have like upright bass. Like that was the case for that poem of everyone's souls. And there might be one more, at least on the playlist. Um, So yeah, there is some of that. But yeah, I totally know what you mean. I mean, one of the challenges of doing a score that's this specific is how are you going to avoid people getting sick of this sound? Um, and I right. think there's an element of that where there's almost nothing you can do. And when you play the game, I mean, you even get that in like Cuphead when there's like 500 yeah. big band compositions. But the thing <laughs> is, at least with Cuphead, you get blown out. there definitely are stylistic differences. And there's all this incredible playing and dazzling arranging to distract you. But even with that, even something that's as impeccably produced and written as Cuphead, you know, when you when the soundtrack is going for one thing, eventually you get burnout. And I think I and I don't think, you know, Chris Madigan would disagree with me. I think if you listen to any one of those pieces on their own, it would just be so dazzling. But when it's, yeah. you know, track 83 of however many, you, you start to kind of 
anticipate what's happening in a way that you don't appreciate that's it one so of the challenges when you have such a specific style well let's move on to a piece of music maybe this will give us a little variety this is actually from a different composer uh one of the other composers that did contribute to the score i think in much smaller amounts is toshiki konishi so let's take a listen to one of konishi's compositions it's memories of a summer day is just serene you guys listening to memories of a summer day this one was composed by toshiki konishi and we have one more konishi track it's actually a royal track coming up in a little bit but this is wonderful and i think it's actually a nice variety i would say mostly compositionally it's it's just happier and brighter than a lot of what we've heard from the score i think emotionally it's kind of much needed yeah. um, i don't know the tone of the game if it's if it's a very sad game or anything like that but yeah this is a beautiful piece of music very simple well i like the wistful character i also like that it's a different kind of groove um yeah right having something in major is (laughs) also having something in three or six uh helps a lot but also something that's so um earnestly melodic as this that it's not sort of a melody sitting atop a groove it's a melody driving the entire piece which doesn't really happen with any of the songs we've listened to before i think almost all of them have melodies and good melodies but yeah it's kind of groove with a a light dusting of a tune sitting on top Mm -hmm. of it where this is something where it's like the the forward drive of that melody is leading us to where we're going harmonically. It's leading us to what's happening. I think there are, to be fair, there are other examples of that as well. I do think the poem of every souls is a strong example of that. And so there are plenty of Meguro examples where, where he does do that, but I see what you're saying. It's not the norm. And at least on this playlist, um, it's not, uh, it's not really the representative sound of, of persona five. And so this was in any case, this was a really nice change of pace. For sure. Let's move on to one of the most vibey pieces on the score. This is Alley Cat.
super sexy. You guys are listening to Alley Cat. This is another Maguro composition, and when it opens up to that, you know, instrumental chorus uh, where the bass finally kicks in, it's kind of those classic red clay uh, jazzy changes. It, it feels really good. Um, yeah. Just a little bit of that jazz uh, goes a long way. I'm digging this one. For sure. Yeah, very chilled out, very vibey. Um, a lot of this music just feels like Carl Brueggemann style music, if I had to describe <laughs> it. I, to be fair, I I don't know if I ever go for anything this chilled out. I think I have a little bit more kind of ADD when it comes to music or maybe just a little bit more hyperactivity. I think to have something this chilled out, I don't know if I have that same impetus. <laughs> to me, what's interesting, a lot of this music, or, or at least what's there, would be great in uh it would be great to be um paired up with like a good hip-hop artist to kind of like have rapping over it Mm because it's just really it's pleasant it's good for being in the background which is i think the intention it's not there's nothing that's supposed to like overly grab your focus but it's all really pretty I think that's one reason why the vocal stuff on this score is pretty successful is because I think musically there's a lot of space for that vocal to really take over. Um, And when you have something so chilled out like this, this would have been another good contender for a vocal track because there's just there's so much space here. But it also works for good background music. It's not going to distract you from the game experience. Mm-hmm. This is another one, guys. Let If anyone knows the context of this in the game, I'm very curious to know. Um, yeah. Because I think I mean, I'm just hungry for some differences in arrangement. These are all really great compositions. I mean, mm-hmm. Maguro clearly has chops for days. I think yeah. I just like, I want something. I want a harmonica. I want an accordion. I want a tenor sax. I'll take anything. Mandolin, ukulele. Just give me something other than just this same stock sound the same rhythm for every section, track. Yep. I totally agree. And who knows, maybe... Well, I don't think it happened in Royal. I haven't listened to the original Persona 5 tracks, um, like the old Persona 5 tracks from Royal. I don't know if he touched them at all, if he did anything. Um, But yeah, we'll just have to take a listen as we go forward. Okay, uh, the next track we're going to play is uh, called What's Going On. Here we go. You guys are listening to what's going on and yeah i forgot about this one this one's one of my favorites i really love the groove i really love the progression there's something really catchy about this even before the melody comes in 
Um, it's one of those things that Wolfpack does so well that I love, which is you can make a groove catchy in and of itself, so that when a melody does come in, it's just icing on the cake. This, man, this one feels so good. Yeah, totally. I, I do like that kind of octave presentation with the guitar and that synth. Mm-hmm. It's it feels like intentionally cheesy and kind of old school. I also like the chord progression here. It's very fusiony. Yeah, and the way that it sort of chromatically descends, but is justified with all these major and minor seventh chords is really cool. I mean, this would be one of the tracks that I would want to show someone if they have never heard Persona 5 and are wondering, oh, what's all the hype about? I mean, this Great is point. cool music, sexy music. And I actually think it's a cool example because it goes beyond just acid jazz to me. Uh, it's a little bit kind of underselling it just to describe it that way. Um, okay, guys, I'm really excited to, to play two tracks from Persona 5 Royal. And I did mention that this is the version of the game for the PS4. And there is some new music that was uh, contributed in addition to all of the old <laughs> Persona 5 music. Uh, we're going to play one composition from Konishi and one composition from Meguro, which is another vocal track, The Last of the Day. And they're both outstanding. Let's start off with a Toshiki Konishi composition. This is Ideal and the Real. This is one of my favorites of the day. You guys listening to Ideal and The Real, composed by Toshiki Konishi. This is from Persona 5 Royal, which I believe um, is a new version of the game that came out for the PS4. This is so good. Really good. This is another one that I feel like has that sort of split difference of being kind of half east meets west you know what i'm saying yeah Where the melody absolutely here feels very you know i guess reminiscent of other japanese video game composers yet it's in this style that's clearly you know retro american music 
Um, and it's this wonderful blend, and it's that kind of personality touch that's my favorite part about the Persona 5 music, yeah. which is when it has that kind of duality to it, where you're getting not just the pastiche, but a little bit of something different, that that's just sort of the backdrop for something more interesting. Yeah, I will say, I I was happy listening to the Persona 5 score, um, ready to focus on it, but when I got to the Royal stuff, first of all, I'm really glad that I decided to check it out some of my favorite stuff to be honest and i think both uh konishi and Maguro, what they were able to do it sits alongside the persona 5 music so well i mean they're still using trillion they're still using some of the same um sounds that they established with persona 5 so i think it sits on the same shelf really well but it does add a little bit of a different energy to it uh i think a much needed energy so i'm really happy to focus on at least a couple tunes from royal this is man this is a cool piece totally man let's see what we got next we have our last vocal track of the day and it's another royal track it's uh shoji meguro featuring lin here again this one is very cool this is no more what ifs song you guys are listening to no more what ifs in my opinion one of the most inspired songs vocal songs from persona and this expanded here in this case uh version of the game with persona 5 royal yeah i had another vocal song on the playlist that this kind of edged out um it kind of bumped that other one off i can't remember what it was but yeah i just really love this great composition uh, uh this like quasi bossa nova kind of feel on this one it just reminds me of some old jazz standards really beautiful yeah totally yeah this is also another kind of nice breath of fresh air change of pace for the flow of our episode today but i think this is of all the vocal tracks uh this is the one that seems to be the most tasteful and i think works the best yeah uh it's just the vocal performance is really nice the groove is really nice this is a track that i think is just accomplishing you get some solos finally you, you get a road this solo here is some love making music right here like this is <laughs> i don't know i just i think this is great i think uh, a oh, lot of people so that don't think they like video game music would enjoy this too it's just really 
chilled out and it's sexy man what can we say and honestly some of that royal music is some of my favorite uh from either of these two versions of the score so okay cool the drums also sound a little bit different in in this one which is yeah i like getting a little bit of that cross stick sound but just overall they sound great and again this is another one of those tracks i was talking about where you get a break from that electric bass sound you get a nice upright sound here um, a much needed change of pace. Okay, guys, we have one more piece of music before our play out, which is also very good. This is Run, Run, Run. Interesting, mischievous piece of music here. This is Run, 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 composed by Shoji Maguro. Um, and yeah, there are some other tracks kind of reminiscent of this that that are really different from the, the typical acid jazz vibe that he establishes in the score. And so there definitely is a little bit more diversity that we didn't have time to include today. Um, I tried to include the, the stuff that I thought was the strongest. Um, but again, it was, it was tough to whittle everything. There's probably some really good stuff that I that I overlooked. Um, but yeah, Will, what are your thoughts on this? I, I wanted to talk about this because it's so different. Yeah, this, this I think fits into the category that I was saying two tracks ago um, with the ideal and the real where it's that great blend of East meets West because we're still in our sort of pastiche genre, our homage, love of the 70s kind of American funk alternative music. Um, but there is this melody, like that. The, those kind of contours just really make me think of a lot of Japanese video game music. Granted, it's also reminiscent of other styles of jazz music and different kind of. I mean, it's not like like we said, none of this stuff is reinventing the wheel. But I really enjoy hearing those kind of earmarks of, uh, I guess more. Japanese style rhythms and kind of uh, melodic gestures that maybe are slightly more emotional than we would tend to hear in these styles in the West because so much of that music and what we're talking about is about being sexy and groovy and cool and I feel like a lot of Japanese music even if it has those stylistic qualities as the underpinning Mm. there's like a deeper emotional well of pain beauty sadness love loss nostalgia melancholy that seems to be underneath so much music and i think it's why you and i um and so many people just love so many japanese composers because the music is often much more emotionally rich 
than it even needs to be. I mean, this um, score is is very emotional, very deep. I have never played this game, and I don't know a lot of the context. But one thing I can say without a doubt is that this has got to be a very emotional, very deep game. And at times, it has to be a sad game. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that is a little snapshot, a little taste of the music of Persona 5. If you enjoyed that, definitely check out the whole score because it's pretty big. Um, and there's a lot of good stuff that we didn't get to include. And I would say a special shout out to the Persona 5 Royal. Uh, the new music on that I thought was particularly well done. So yeah, we have uh, done an episode on the entire, I guess the the series, uh, the Shin Megami Tensei series that this offshooted from. We have done an episode on that series and now Persona 5. So we've had two episodes dedicated to this. At some point, we'll probably go back and do another spotlight. Uh, even a Persona spotlight uh, at some point would probably be warranted, but that was so much fun. Yeah, that was that was a good time. A little bit of a different change from our typical wheelhouse. <laughs> right. I wanted to give just another plug to our favorite bros, the Kelly brothers. Uh, check out yeah, their absolutely. new podcast, An Evening at the Roost. And you can go to MarcadoNet.com. And I think Marty's going to even do some forwarding thing to have Marcado.net forward to it which would be nice <laughs> so people don't get confused mercadonet.com.gov.biz you know how many it stands for network yeah, yeah so hopefully you guys get get that um yeah so definitely check check that out um we have a nice landing page now and we have other cool ideas for future shows on the mercado network nothing we're going to announce right now but we definitely have some things in the works it's hopefully going to grow even more yeah yeah so look forward to that Congratulations, Kelly Brothers, on launching a new podcast. I'm so excited also, for that. Also, check out Threescapes, their incredible series of it's it's not just, you know, audio dramas. There's also mm-hmm. kind of audio books that they have, and it's this whole world of mythology that they've created. They're really exceptionally acted, uh, great score um, in music, and all sorts of really cool stuff. So check out so Threescapes cool. as well. All right. I think that's about it. Anything else you got at the end, Will? That's about it. I can't wait to get back exploring the innards of Chicago with my lovely fiance. Congratulations again. Thanks. Guys, we're going to play you out with Sunset Bridge from Persona 5. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. (laughs) 